We are in the seventh week of ordinary time, but we are well aware that this week will be suddenly interrupted on Wednesday with the beginning of Lent, Ash Wednesday. So that means that we have these two days between Sunday and Wednesday, which are kind of a, a, an abbreviated seventh week. But we could also see that as a connection between the instruction on Sunday and the instruction on Ash Wednesday. Sunday's Gospel is the end of Matthew chapter 5, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Wednesday's Gospel is the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, still Sermon on the Mount. So we're kind of in between that. Yesterday, remember, the instruction was the, was the uh, stunning extension of the, of the commandment, love your neighbor, to include even the worst of our neighbors, even the, the, those who do evil to us, those who are our enemies. And we were meant to realize in hearing Jesus pro proclaim this commandment of love that it's beyond our natural capability. When we get to Lent, that's a very important uh, fundamental truth about us. We can't just change ourselves. We can't just make ourselves better. It's beyond us. We can, we can improve in little ways, but we can't transform ourselves. Well, that, I think, is uh, a starting point. And then we look at these readings and we realize we were never supposed to be the central agent. We weren't supposed to be the source of all wisdom and strength. That's the Lord's job. And so we get in today's uh, first reading, the beginning of the book of Sirach, a beautiful, a beautiful reminder of the, of the Lord and his place in his creation and where wisdom comes from. There's several, many questions in this reading. You know, who can, who can measure the height of heaven? Who can measure the depths of the ocean? Who can count up the, the drops of rain? <laughs> This sort of thing, who can count up the days of eternity? Well, no, no one can. Those things are beyond us. Even with our advanced computers and, and uh, technological achievements, we can't count that much. Even if we were to start counting right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, we would never get, even in a lifetime, we would never be able to count up all the drops of rain or all the grains of sand. Much less reach the ends of the universe. We know from the from very powerful space telescopes nowadays that the edges of the universe, as far as we understand it, are millions of light years away. Meaning, it's taken millions of years for the light to get to us. So, this is all way beyond us. And that's the kind of thing that this uh, reflection in the book of Sirach, or this, this beginning of wisdom is, well, let's recognize our littleness before God and our littleness in the whole of creation, and let's recognize who understands all this, who, who has wisdom about this. There is but one, the reading says, there's one wise and truly awe-inspiring seated upon his throne. There is but one Most High, one all-powerful Creator King, one truly inspiring one. 
awe-inspiring one. It's talking about God. In a, in, a, in a world where people think that God is irrelevant or that there's no God at all, this is a, a, a brilliant light shining in the darkness and saying, well, we can try to live as if there's no God, but that just leaves us in darkness. Well, then we have no source of wisdom or strength or understanding. Then we're just on our own drifting in the darkness, powerless and ignorant and sinful. So this is, it's great to know there is one wise, truly awe-inspiring God. And it's great to know that we come from him and he cares for us. So that's the sort of thing that wisdom teaches us. Now, when we get to the gospel, we have this wisdom, incarnate wisdom is Jesus Christ, incarnate wisdom, wisdom made flesh. And he's coming down the mountain with the three chosen apostles who witnessed the transfiguration. That was Saturday's gospel. So they had this glimpse of, of divine glory shining on the face of Christ. We spoke about it last week as a, a kind of foretaste or a, a preview of, of risen life. And then all that glory disappears and Jesus looks as ordinary as he ever did, and then they go down the mountain. Now, we know that going down the mountain means descending from glory to the passion. It means, it means going from what, what, we would, what we would love to preserve forever, let's stay up here. <laughs> Peter said, let's stay here, let's build some tents and stay, how good it is to be here. We know that that we can't just stay up there. We have to pass through the purifying, crushing experience of the passion with Jesus. So here's Jesus descending on the mountain, and the first thing he runs into is a big crowd arguing with each other and, and helpless to overcome an evil spirit who has possessed a boy. So it's like he descends from, from glory, he descends right into the mess of the human condition. Helpless, divided, you know, tense, confused, weak. But his presence in this mess changes everything. It, it, it's one thing to say, oh, we're, we're a mess and we can't figure out how to make things better. But it's another thing to say, there is someone who knows. That's the reading, the first reading. There's, there's one most high, all-powerful creator king. There's one wise and truly awe-inspiring, and that's God. And once God enters into the chaos, he, we have a source of order and wisdom, knowledge. So he, he uh, asks them, well, you know, what are you arguing about? And they, he finds out that they have they're arguing about how to get how to take care of this poor child who it seems has in addition to an evil spirit has an epilepsy that's why they sometimes the, they refer to him as an epileptic demoniac so he has a natural illness epilepsy and he has a spiritual oppression evil spirit of course uh, Jesus can handle both of those. He can handle physical illnesses. He's healed many people. He can handle 
uh, demonic possession. He's driven demons out of many people. This is no problem for him. But he is concerned about the, the uh, condition, not just of the boy, but of his own disciples and of the boy's father. Because it seems that they, they all have very weak faith. The boy's father puts it very, very well, and I think it's beautiful that he, he so transparent. If you can do anything, please help us. I mean, here's a desperate father. He's turned to the apostles. He's probably turned to everybody he could. What, what father would not seek out every possible solution for his poor child? And, and he says, if you, can, if you can do anything, please. <laughs> Jesus picks up on this, if you can. If you can, of course I can, he's saying. Of course, I mean, who do you think I am? The question is, do you believe that I can? Is there a space in your heart that makes it possible for me to do the work I have come to do? God can do anything. There's nothing impossible for God. This is what he says. Everything's possible to one who has faith. Not because of the power of the one who has faith, but because the power of the one who works through faith. Faith makes it possible for God to work. That's why everything is possible to one who has faith. And so the boy's father makes this beautiful prayer. I do believe, help my unbelief. I do believe, help my unbelief. An acknowledgement of both faith and weakness, strength and, and need. I think it's a prayer we could all say. Of course we believe, we wouldn't be here as we enter into Lent. But yes, we believe, but we also need help. Our faith is weak. We tend to rely on ourselves as much as possible until we're desperate and then finally we call out on God. Jesus drives out the demon, heals the boy. When the apostles asked, well, why, why couldn't we drive him out? Why, why couldn't we drive out that spirit? We know already that it's because of their weakness of faith. They were relying more on themselves than on the power of God. And Jesus gives this last instruction. This kind can only come out through prayer. Prayer and faith. Prayer and faith are, are the channels by which we open up space for God to work. If we don't have faith, then we're simply relying on ourselves. If we don't pray, then we're simply relying on ourselves or on some human or natural powers. And it doesn't work. I think this, this applies to what we reflected on yesterday. They called to love our enemies. We can't do that. We don't have the power to do it. But if we have faith, and if we pray, well then we have access to a power that makes it possible. Same thing as we start with uh, the season of Lent. Uh, well, we can't just change, just like New Year's resolutions, right? If people make New Year's resolutions, they're all good ideas. Yeah, I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to you know, read good books all year. Well, <laughs> those are all good ideas, but they're weak. They're weak because there's no force behind them, and so we don't really do them. But what Jesus is revealing here, and what the scriptures always reveal, is that there is a force that, that makes things possible. In fact, all things are possible to God. So when we open ourselves up to him, then things can change. Prayer, faith, 
Or if you want to look forward, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, the disciplines of Lent. All of these make, make it possible for us who are weak and ignorant and, and sinful to, to be changed by the power of God at work in us.